third wheel. Third wheel. Welcome to the third wheel. With me, me, and you. Are you from Whangarei? No. Um, <laughs> this is based on one experience. Oh my gosh. So what not really fair. What, what ha- I want to know. Not, like we can... If it's if it's slanderous, we can tell it out. <laughs> okay. Well, I went into unnamed hardware store. Um, beep beep. Um, and basically, I went in to fill a, a gas bottle, like an LPG gas bottle. Um, and I went to one of the store attendants and was like, "Hi, like, how do I do this? Where are they?" And he immediately turned to my partner, who's male, and was like. Oh, um, she actually can't do that here. You have to go to a gas station, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, excuse me. And like, then we went to a different store attendant to get like better intel. And he was like, oh yeah, no, no, no. If you're getting gas done in your home, you have to go through all the sort of like legal proceedings and blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, like LPG gas. I just want LPG. They were just really terrible and sexist in many ways. It was very frustrating. Was it employees? Yeah, which is really unusual because yeah. Bunnings, I mean, <laughs> I mean unnamed hardware unnamed, stores yeah. normally have really great customer service. Yeah. Like that was my first experience of that. So I um, went into Bunnings the other day and it just always makes me feel stressed because I never know where anything is. It's really big. It's like Kmart, but yeah. like tools. Yeah. So even harder to like wrap your head around. <laughs> Any kind of warehouse style store for me is very stressful. Pack and save? Pack and save. Absolutely Warehouse, Kmart, Bunnings, it's all a no from me. Yeah, agree. Mm. I hate it. Agree. And I thought, I honestly, for a long time, I thought like that this was something that was unique to me. And then I spoke to my therapist about it and he's like, let me guess you don't like going into big shops. And I was like, oh, how do you know? And he's like, this is a thing. Is that a thing I should talk about with my therapist? <laughs> Why not? I didn't Why know. Not? Yeah, yeah. There cool. You go. Okay. You Make a note. Corinne, I'm coming for you <laughs> <laughs> with my new hot take. <laughs> um, so where are you both from then, if not from Whangarei? I'm from Tamaki Makoto, Auckland. Been yes. been here my whole life, um, pretty much. And my dad is born and raised Kiwi. My mum is British. Um so oh. I'm like white as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what part of Tamaki Makoto are you from? Uh, if you don't mind me asking. Oh, this is, don't judge me, but I grew up in the Rimuera. Okay. Yep. Um, Look, you've already said you're white as fuck. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just laying it out on the table, um, which I'm learning how to say properly because it was Rimuera for my whole life. Mm. But yeah, I, my family still have the same house that I have lived in my whole life. So. Mm. Born and raised. Cool. Um, I was born in New Zealand also um, at Mount Eden Women's, I think. Oh. Mm, can't confirm there. Um, <laughs> That's a yeah, yep, nice um, <laughs> But I, my family and I moved to North Carolina in the United States when I was three years old and lived there until I was six years old so that my dad could train um, at uni. Um, and he grew up in the States as well. So a bit of background there, but don't really associate with that as like my heritage or anything because it was just um, where they happened to be. They didn't kind of 
they weren't born there or anything. But right. yeah, background is Pākehā and found out recently that I have some like Norse heritage, which is interesting. It would explain the height. Yeah, I'm nearly six foot, so that kind of all right, well, explains that. <laughs> I recently <laughs> discovered, after thinking that I am five six, that I am in fact five four, <laughs> and it was a real kick in the teeth. <laughs> wow, I uh, know. How do you lose two inches? Inches? I don't know. <laughs> two feet? Not two feet. No, two inches. Rough. Mm. Wow. Uh, I know. But I mean, I feel like being short. Oh, so I'm short now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, being shorter isn't a bad thing. Yeah, no. It's it's not. I'm the median. Yeah. So that's cool. But she is very tall. I'm taller than the average height in any country. Um, And she doesn't let anyone forget about it. (laughs) No, including Bosnia and Herzegovina, which is the closest. Wow. Yeah, we had a real Google deep dive on this. <laughs> Just want to prove that you're above mm. average everywhere. <laughs> In height. <laughs> no, I was like shocked that that was the case. Like I don't feel that tall. I'll, I say this a lot, but I when I pass someone on the street who's really tall, I'll be like, wow, they're huge. And then they'll pass me and we're the same height. And I'm like, okay, we're, <laughs> I'm tall too, I guess. That's truly... <laughs> So rude. <laughs> I feel like generally speaking, um, like people, women in New Zealand are, are relatively tall. I don't know. I don't know why. Well, because when I was in Switzerland, I was like a giant at all oh, times. Oh, okay. I don't know why Swiss people are short mountains. What part of Switzerland were you in? Um, I was in a place called Glados, which is hmm. like an hour south of Zurich. So the German part of Switzerland. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My mum grew up in Geneva. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. I had some mates there. Oh, cool. Um, but yes, unfortunately, I do not speak any French. Mm, any French. <laughs> French. That's how they say it. Yeah, I'm pretty Geneva. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I mean, that's my heritage. I'm Swiss. Cool. Cool. Very cool. It is cool. I mean, yeah. I guess for me, it's like, Facts, not really like mm. cool to yeah. for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did you go back to like sort of reconnect with that or did you just want to travel and both? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was part of me that wanted to reconnect. Um, but then when I got there, I was going to get real dark real quick. There wasn't much family to reconnect with anymore. Right. Um, right. So I was like, cool, opportunity to travel. Then found out that it's like a pretty sexist, racist, homophobic place to live. And, and very like, expensive. Very expensive. But also when you're earning Swiss francs. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's not as bad. Yeah, um, it's not. It's painted as a really idyllic place, eh? Absolutely. And it's really not. No. <laughs> no. You yeah. like wonder why some of these countries have so much success in us because they don't yeah. let anyone in. Oh, 100%. <laughs> they actually... Um, I had I had quite a tumultuous International Women's Day because on Sunday Swiss time um, they had a referendum essentially to ban the burqa um, and what? it passed. <gasps> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So I was like, so is it is it a binding referendum? Is that yes, gonna all referendums <gasps> in Switzerland are binding. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah. That that is, is fucked up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So. So what? 
what are women going to do? I get fined. I like, That is truly outrageous to me. Yeah. That, like, I, <laughs> I don't have the words. Yeah. It it's, truly it's doesn't make any fucked. sense. That's like fascist. Like fully, yeah. like. Yeah, telling people what they can wear is like fully. It's straight up, yeah, out the gate. It's exa- it's exactly the same as being like, get out of my country. Yeah, because like, well, it's worse. It's like you can come into my country if you're exactly like everyone else in my country. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And <laughs> oh, they okay. tried in their marketing for some. I don't. I don't even know why they tried to cover it up because everybody knew exactly what it was. They tried to make it not about Islamist. Islamophobia mm. and they tried to make it about women's rights, which is so crack up. Oh, read a book. No. <laughs> Actually, yeah. 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 I um, mean, it's like a very interesting topic for us to be preaching as three white women. But like, um, I didn't I was always like, I know that when I know that we're supposed to let women who want to wear burkas wear burkas mm. because freedom of choice. Mm. But I don't really understand. And then I read this book that Katie lent me that she had also read which is Mm. called it's not about the burqa Mm. it was like a bunch of essays and it was so great because it was just Mm. like okay this is just it seems because we've grown up in this like islamophobic kind of society Mm. we have all these preconceived notions of what that thing is but it's just like part of life for that person and it's also by a muslim woman when so much of the time the dialogue (laughs) ironically we're talking about it right now but a lot of the time the the dialogue that is given a platform is not by Muslim women. Yeah, exactly. No. So everybody yeah, else commenting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This oh. law, surprise, surprise, was not like championed or like petitioned yeah. for by Muslim women in Switzerland. Classy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not so. the goods. Also quite crack up is that um, in that voting round, they also had a referendum about very dry, but it's about a trade agreement with Indonesia, ah. um, which I just think is so crack up because Indonesia is like yeah. the most populated Muslim country in the world. So it's, it's like... Kia Switzerland. <laughs> Love your yeah. work. So I'm Swiss. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need to go back so that there's more people <laughs> like you yeah. in Switzerland. <laughs> so yeah. deeply frustrating for me um, because I mean, like, I can speak Swiss German. I'm fluent, but the contexts that I've used Swiss German in my life have always been in the home with my mm. parents. So mm. um, most of the things that I've spoken about are like, you know, domestic family things. Mm. You know, yeah. very, very tame. When it came to sort of like political issues and, you know, things that require a little bit more vocabulary, Mm. I'd like falter. And then by the time I actually figured out what I wanted to say, the conversation would have moved on. And Mm. I was just like, oh. Yeah, that is very frustrating. Yeah. And they're already difficult things to articulate and talk about. So when the language is also a barrier, it's like another layer. Yeah. It's one of my least favorite things about myself is that I can't talk about the things I care about, like, eloquently. I don't think that's true. I think you can. I think you feel emotional about them. But I don't think that discredits what you say. No, sometimes I don't even feel emotional about something necessarily. It's just that I, like, know the thing in my head, but I don't know how to tell you about it. 
as, as like when I, I'll read something that will change my mind or like just blow my mind and then mm. I'll try and articulate that and I'm like, well, so we should, yeah, mm. <laughs> just do what I just do what I say. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Read this book. <laughs> but I wonder how much that also has to do with just like, I don't know, for me at least it's about like wanting to say it the right way. Yeah, mm. you know? totally. Um, Cultural competency, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Well, we also have a very strong culture now of like immediacy and needing to know things straight away. Like yeah. people aren't very good at you being like, oh, I I know this is true. I don't have the facts you right this instant, mm. um, but I could probably message you or email you like what I'm thinking, you know, in a couple of days or, you know, mm. whatever. But mm. it, in these days it's like you need to know that right now and you need mm. to tell me right now. Mm. Otherwise I don't believe you. Mm. Yeah. Which is quite a stressful <laughs> but situation. But I've also found recently something really empowering um, is being like, I don't know, just saying yeah. that, like, just being like, I don't know. Yeah. Because once – but that's the kind of thing that you learn as you get older is that like when you're a kid, the things you care about or that you want a resolution to have a really easy like resolution usually. Mm. Maybe that's a blanket statement but I feel like you're like, can I have juice? No. Is juice <laughs> bad for me? Yes. But yeah. when you're an adult, it's like, so should we? I don't really <laughs> yeah. – I don't know how – because there's like a hundred different like levels and layers to one issue that, yeah. you know, yeah. you just have to kind of land somewhere and then allow yourself – to shift, yeah, you know, as you have more information. But also, yeah, I agree with you in the like being like, I don't know, but also I'm willing to have my mind changed. Mm. Like it, I, I'm like available to learn, mm. <laughs> you know, like things can, my perspective can shift if mm. I have more information. Like, of mm. course, mm. Mm. obviously. Mm. <laughs> now I don't want to go to Switzerland because I know about this thing, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Head out. Good chats. I, I feel like this is a really good um, opportunity to introduce you as the Oddballs Theatre Company. <laughs> Go for it. Which People are just I've like, just who are, are these, these women? Women. Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. The Oddballs Theatre Company. <laughs> yeah, we are that. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about what the Oddballs Theatre Company is. Yes. A theatre company. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess at a base level, when I was first kind of learning about theatre, I didn't know what a theatre company was even. So basically it's just like a group or it can even be one person that creates <laughs> stuff to be presented in theatre, although that's kind of gotten a broader term nowadays that there's kind of mixed media coming into theatre so it could mm. mean performance art which we've delved into a little bit um, and we run workshops and things like that so mm. the definition's pretty vague but that's kind of I guess how we would describe what we do would you agree? Yeah I think so I think like our we never really envisioned making a company I guess but we were making this show Katie wrote this show Orohamai in mm. 2018 2000, yeah. yeah, and we were doing that as part of the was it Rangatahi, yeah, Rangatahi season at Tepo when mm -hmm. they were out in Newland, and 
Yeah, so we wanted to have like a company to present it under mm. and it mm. just made sense. Like we knew that we didn't know at that point what we were going to do, but we knew like eventually that we wanted to, yeah, probably make more shows. But I guess that the thing that I think is interesting about our company is that like a lot of companies have a style of work that mm. they like to make or like a particular issue potentially that mm. they um, and come back to in the interrogation of their work. Mm. But I think for us it's always been about the like style of working that has been mm. what has defined the company. So mm. we're really interested in engaging with communities of people from all different backgrounds um, with all different levels of experience and giving them an opportunity to take part in storytelling Mm. and as like two white women who've both got bachelor degrees like have this like privilege which allows us to access things like funding sometimes and um Mm. just like you know that kind of thing we can create space for people to do that Mm. um because theater is a really yeah freeing form can be a really freeing form Mm. Mm. so but has access issues like many other massively yeah Mm. and also like um yeah, it is an access issue, I guess, but it's that thing of, like, people not having safe spaces to do their mahi in. So mm. there's not many spaces that are accessible financially or spiritually. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't even necessarily go as far to say that I feel we've always been successful in our goals. Yeah. But I think we've always really, like, people will focus on a product and – um almost something is something to sell in terms of the final product of your rehearsal process. Whereas for me, like Alice was saying, like it's always sort of more important that the rehearsal process itself is nourishing and growing people um, and respecting their boundaries and their health more than that the product is a good one. Mm. Because I fundamentally think that if we do that, then the product will be a good one Mm. naturally because the people aren't, stressed out of their minds they're not falling apart mentally they have a community around them they have support and this is all like I said like this is something we're still working on but I feel like you can't get it right every time yeah Yeah. has been clear motive in what we we do I hope (laughs) yeah I think um it definitely has been and like we (laughs) we hmm we work often in a profit share model, which means that we take the amount of money we make from ticket sales and we distribute it between all of the people who make the show, Mm -hmm. which is a really common way of working for like more entry level or emerging practitioners, Mm -hmm. especially if you don't have funding and funding is hard to access. Mm. Um, And so because you're not paying people a living wage to do this work, it has to be, there has to be some other transaction that takes place and maybe Mm. that's like providing a space where they have freedom of expression. Maybe that's like not having as many rehearsals as you might have wanted because we just don't have the like time to do that. Mm. Or maybe it's like, I don't know, there's so many different things that might change because of that. But I really believe that if people aren't getting paid, then they have to get something out of it Mm. and we have to know that like just doing a show and casting them is not enough. 
Mm. Um, which is sometimes often <laughs> the attitude of mm. pra- emerging practitioners. This is like, oh, I've cast you on a show. You should just be happy about that. Mm. It's like mm. exposure. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> what is this, a Hollywood break? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Auckland theatre break? <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know much about like that, that culture in, in theatre because I'm not that involved in theatre, but it's like kind of what it's like across the arts, right, where it's like I've given you – some kind of platform and you should be grateful. Yeah. Mm. Bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. Mm. I think it's bu- I think that's bullshit. Mm. And I mean, we've both been, I don't want to say victim, that's dramatic, but we've both been exposed to that kind of treatment. And yeah. so coming out of that and now having our own sort of platform, it's like, how can we not do that? <laughs> yeah. And it's not a case of, cause you can get that. You can go like, Oh, well I want to pay everybody. Oh, but I don't have any money. Okay, so now I can't do anything. Mm. Instead of being like, I can't do anything unless I have money, it's been like, okay, we can provide you with these things. Mm. You will get to do these things. And Mm. there has to be freedom of expression. There has to be, yeah, like an understanding that people cannot show up if they're having a bad brain day or, Mm. you know, like, um, which sometimes means that the process is trickier Mm. or whatever, but Mm. it's, so with it mm. and yeah I feel like the people that we've collaborated with 95 99% of the time we still have a great relationship with mm. and um I think that's actually reasonably rare yeah <laughs> in theater so um yeah that's really cool mm. I guess part of it is also the fact that you guys are quite um upfront about your sort of like co-papa and like transparent about that and you know able to have those conversations about like what people who want to collaborate what what they're sort of yeah getting into well if if you're not paying people and you're providing them with a profit share instead they should have full access to your budget for example Mm. like transparency is really important when everybody's going into essentially a financial risk Mm. of doing a show that might not Mm. make any money Mm. um Mm. <laughs> so yeah, we do try and be really transparent, I think. And and very like if you if you can't do it because we don't have the resource, then that's like totally an acceptable choice. Mm. Like, mm. Yeah. 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 Why do you think it's why do you think funding is so inaccessible? Like let's just say for theatre in this case, because you can't speak on everything. Why do you think it's so inaccessible? Like we, what are some of the barriers? We had a really interesting conversation about this the other day because obviously I won't disclose anything about the project, but a project got um, lots of funding that Alice is working on, which is really exciting and means Mm. she's getting compensated like fairly for her work, which Mm. is unusual in a creative Mm. field. Um, Yeah, not just fairly like theatre, like fairly like just standard. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And so I... Oh my God, I was such a negative Nancy about it. I feel bad now. But I said, like, would you rather be paid less and that big projects got less money, but more projects got money, mm. aka like low key communism, or <laughs> would you rather things were as they are, which is that bigger projects um, who can employ more people, et cetera, et cetera, get lots of money, but that means that the smaller kind of emerging things don't get any. Mm. And that's kind of an interesting conversation to have because that's essentially saying, do you want, if you're a professional 
in the arts? Do you want to be paid less so that more people can get paid? Mm. Or do you want to not get paid anything for 10 years and then get paid lots? <laughs> or do you want to be like, hey, New Zealand government, can you please hit CNZ up with some more money? <laughs> so that. Yes. I don't know. I think CNZ is, um, oh, should I just name? Yeah. I mean, Creative New Zealand is the, is the biggest funding body mm. and I've received funding through CNZ before and mm. I also have not. And it's mm. difficult because I know that there are issues within that organisation. It's a very bureaucratic system. It's like um, the amount of uh, work that has to go into one application is like full, mm. a full-time week of work, mm. which a lot of people can't afford to give. And mm. it's like there's this really mysterious formula that no one really gets, mm. you know. Um, and even like I've had feedback that's like your application was great, but we just can't fund everything. Mm. Which is just like gutting because you're mm. like, oh, even after I've made it through your extensive process of applica- of applying, I still am not successful even though you loved my application. Mm. So there's all of those things. But there are really passionate people that work inside that organisation. And the thing is, is that I think that it does boil down to New Zealand not as a whole really having an understanding or an appreciation for like the power of theatre. And I would probably feel the same way if I wasn't involved. Like, why do you need to tell a story on a stage? Like what Mm. is the, what is really the point? But Mm. like, it is a place for people who like aren't represented to um, represent themselves basically, Mm. Mm. you know, like um, it's crucial Mm. It really is. And the work might not be amazing sometimes, but the process is so incredible Mm. so often. Mm. Um, And it gives people a sense of belonging and community and, yeah, representation. And so I wish that across New Zealand there was more kind of like um, understanding of what theatre is and does Mm. and in turn – gets funded the same amount as sports does, for mm. example. For example. Wow, yeah. <laughs> because sport, you don't need to do sport. Yeah. You, you don't need to. It's recreational. But it builds yeah. communities. Yeah. There's health, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of people um, recognise and celebrate all the things that lead up to games with sports, you know, like the community, like the training and the team building and the health and all of that stuff. Like they value that a lot. They don't just come to the games and say, well, that was good. Whereas with theatre, sometimes they come to shows and that's all they think about. They don't really think about like all the – Yeah, the process and the community and the like – the personal therapy for a lot of people that mm-hmm. has happened 100%. Through, the, through that. Yeah. And, like, I feel like until recently theatre in New Zealand, well, still to an extent, theatre in New Zealand has been a very aristocratic kind of almost class-based thing of, like, ticket sales are such that you literally just can't afford to go mm. unless you have an extremely good income. Like... Mm. And I know people are working on this and there are sort of schemes for, you know, people who are young who can get affordable tickets, like school-aged people, um, people under 25. But the reality is, like, we don't have much wiggle room in terms of ticket sales for people to see things at a price which they can afford. So I know there are people working against this. Like, there's a really amazing comedian, Baba, who does free shows, free entry or koha. Mm. Um, 
to her shows in South and like the turnout is incredible because mm. it's in South Auckland for South Auckland and they can actually go to this thing whereas having mm. something in town that's $85 is mm. just like so inaccessible to so many people. Mm. Well the facts are that like most people who are in a main stage production in one of our bigger theatre buildings in central Auckland, can't afford to see their own show. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. literally can't afford to see their own mm. show. Mm. So, <laughs> that's fucked. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> And we give each other our own money. Like, yeah. we support each other's work. And so I'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't mind spending, you know, 25 bucks on this person's show because they came to my show and I know that they're going to come to my next yeah. show. So I'll go to their next show. It's not, like, that transactional, but you know... Well, you're essentially screaming into the abyss. Yeah. You're essentially just like, there is one pot of money that just gets circulated between you us all. The people. And nobody sees our work except for each other. And all we do is we're like, good job. How's your show going? Great, thank you. And it's just like, it sometimes feels like, why do we do it? <laughs> yeah. Very dark, very cool. Yeah. Well, but it's true. And the reason I can do it is because I have the financial security of a family that is well off enough to be able to support me in the event that I, you know I don't have any work anymore yeah and so like that's fucked as well there's like so many things that are fucked mm. <laughs> mm. but also come to our shows <laughs> <laughs> but I mean you know I, I feel like I, I, I think it's really interesting because you guys are obviously um, making a conscious effort to try and challenge some of these things mm-hmm. in your work you know yeah. like the way that you um, I, I think even just the way that you put a real emphasis on the process of theatre making mm. and, and the value that lies within that mm. um, speaks to that. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, at the same time, like, you recognise all, all these issues and I think this is something that keeps sort of coming up in these conversations where people are trying to make a change but are still incredibly frustrated by the system and sort of just... A, I don't know, not accepting that you can't change everything, but, like, realising that, like, the work that you do is valuable, even if you yeah. can't, you know, that you, even that even if you can't, like, have a complete revolution. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose the thing that kind of dawned on me early on and when we started Oddballs was, like, if we seriously want to make changes in how things are, we need to be women who have power and to do that we need to tell people (laughs) that we have power so Mm. we need to start a theatre company and like if we want to hear from more people who are not just insert name here who's famous you know yeah actor in Auckland um then we need to provide them with a platform Mm. or give them our money when they are providing people a platform. And so, like, we actually need to put our money where our mouth is and do it. We can't just sit here commenting on it. I mean, it all comes very – it can come across a bit white saviour complex. Like, yes, we as two white women are creating a theatre company in which we will champion diverse voices. But that, Mm. like, that's true. Like, Mm. that is what we really um, care about. And, I mean, like – yeah, I read this book called Why I'm Not a Feminist, A mm-hmm. Feminist Manifesto mm-hmm. by Jessa Crispin. Mm-hmm. And one of the key things that she explores is like, 
um, people succeeding inside of patriarchal or like homophobic or racist systems mm. um, are not is not success. So like mm. women becoming CEOs is mm. still women holding positions of power inside of a patriarchal structure, for mm. example. So I was like, oh shit. And then her pitch was, let's just tear the whole organization down. Mm. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I'm down to do that. And then I thought about that for ages and was like, maybe my stance is to just like, fuck the institution. I'm never going to like take part. I'm just going to just ignore it all and do my own thing. But like, it is so deeply ingrained in everything that we do mm. that like, um, you, I realized that's not really a fair, like that's not a fair outcome. Like mm. that's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. some people have to do that for their own sanity. Mm. And I totally am down, but I have the, emotional energy as a white woman with an immense amount of privilege to sit inside an organization that is like ta emotionally taxing to be inside mm. of. Mm. Um, mm. So that's the work I have to do. Mm. I don't get to just be like, fuck it. I'm burning it down. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess yeah. that's how we feel about what we do. Mm. It's like, mm. well, <laughs> yeah, we'll provide a space. We'll try and make it easier. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 Well, you'll, 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 Deal with all the funding applications. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll yeah. bridge the gap or try yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, but who knows? You know. Yeah, I feel like we need to address the fact that Katie has left the room. <laughs> yeah, Katie has left the room. She She'd had enough. <laughs> has gone to the bathroom. She has a very small bladder. Oh, so do I. I'm actually a little bit panicked, but nah, nah, nah. I'll be fine. Nah, she'll be right. She'll be right. <laughs> I actually the other day. This is a very embarrassing story, but I like drank a large Coke, no sugar, in mm. the car, mm. and then because I was really thirsty, and then I went to the warehouse stationery, and I honestly almost pissed myself <laughs> in the warehouse stationery. Like I was like, oh, I need to pee. You know, when you get that little feeling. Yeah. And then I got into the warehouse stationery, and I was like, no, I'm like, I need to like, I need to. Like, I'm going, like, I need to pee. Like, I'm going to pee. Yeah. So I went up to the desk and I was like, do you have a toilet that I could use? And then the lady was like, oh, it's just for stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to piss my pants. I really need you to <laughs> unlock that bathroom for me, please. Yeah. And she did. Yeah. Because I, I truly was going to piss my pants. Honestly, I have gotten past the point of shame about asking for a bathroom, asking, like, yeah, I've gotten past that point. I just got to feel like, I need to use your bathroom now. I'm going to be urinating <laughs> on your floor. Let me in, please, sir. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Also, like, I don't drive. This I've outed myself on the podcast now that I don't drive. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. That's good. <laughs> environment. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you do it. It's an ethical choice. Um, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. But, um, yeah, getting lifts from people also have learned to be like, okay, so, like, these are the stops along the way where I may need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so just so you know. Yeah. Knowing where every single public toilet in the city is. Yeah. Oh, niche knowledge. Ve very <laughs> useful knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can't just do a whiz in a in a bottle, you know, if you're someone who doesn't have we a penis. We could try. <laughs> yeah, but that's the logistics. Yeah. Logistics. I once did try a shiwi and it was like putting your hand on the end of a hose. Like it wasn't good. Putting it? 
It wasn't good. You know? Oh, okay. It's just like yeah. 360 <laughs> splash zone. A lot of pressure. You know? Well, yeah, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I, I probably didn't get it. <laughs> I maybe didn't have it right and I was busting, but yeah, it was a disaster. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I've never used one. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend. <laughs> so as you can see, we address the fact that you went to the toilet. Yeah, oh, we yeah, tried yeah. To yeah. I was like, pretty big coincidence if they're just talking about using the bathroom while I'm using <laughs> the bathroom. I outed your walnut bladder. Mm. And I uh, said it's a real also, pain in the butt. It's yeah, okay, Queen. It's a pain in the bladder, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had an ultrasound? Oh, yes. Oh my goodness. Who thought who of like, hey, <laughs> how about you have to drink like 25,000 litres of water and then can't use the bathroom for 25 hours? My I don't lady know what the had the <laughs> audacity to be like, actually, your bladder is too full. It's like, bitch. <laughs> but also. Fucking deal with it, okay? Wow. <laughs> yeah. What did they say? Like, you have to empty it a bit. No, she was like, can you go and, yeah, can you go and pee a little bit? And I was like. Wow. Rachel, it's either all coming out yeah. or like I can't I turn that hose stop, on, start. It's not when you're stop. busting. I no. no. Yeah. <sighs> Both physically and emotionally. Yeah. Really cool. Awful <laughs> feeling to let out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> awful. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Screw that. Um, so how long have you guys known each other? I'm curious about this. I think I read on the website since high school. Since high school, since two thousand and 13, technically. No, not 2013. No, nine. I was thinking when I graduated in 2009. Nine. Oh. So 12 years. What school did you go to? Parnell College. Oh. Academic Colleges Group. Wow. (laughs) Shout out to Mr. Shout out. Shout out. He's not there anymore, I don't think, actually. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Yeah, that's where we met. Um, But we didn't become best friends until... 2010. Until okay. English class with Mrs. Walls. Mrs. Walls, 10 wall. Mm. <laughs> what was um, <laughs> what was the catalyst there? Was there some kind of like... Well, we were friends with these two other girls, <laughs> Beep and Beep. <laughs> and we were in a little floor <laughs> together. <laughs> and yeah. they were besties and also kind of mean. <laughs> Great, yeah, it's a classic. That's a classic. A classic. Yeah. And Katie and I were like, "You, you're all right. You're we could just hang out by ourselves." Yeah, and so and we did. So we did. Aww. I have a very um, specific memory of. I don't know if it was the first time we hung out just us, but it was definitely among the first few times. And I was catching the bus into Newmarket, mm-hmm. um, and there she was. Just oh, walking down you. the street, um, wearing like a gypsy—you, nothing wrong with it—a gypsy <laughs> skirt and like very heavy makeup. And I was like, "Oh my god, this chick is so cool." They're like intense oh. earrings and like she's allowed you to wear makeup, which is cool. Never <laughs> told me that you thought it was cool. This is the first I am hearing of it. <laughs> it is normally like, do you remember when you used to wear those skirts? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny looking back on it. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. I remember exactly what I was wearing. Was it blue? Yeah, it was yeah, it was okay. like a turquoise with my mum's earrings. 
Um, that and sounds delightful. Yeah. I mean, I had some style. Mm. I was also like a fat teenager just trying to like figure out how to look cute while not really suiting any of the glasses clothes. Mm. So freaking glasses. Freaking house of G. Get out of here. Sorry, glasses. Anything, yeah. no. <laughs> anything you're wearing some glasses no, go off. This is the opposite <laughs> of a sponsored post. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. should pay us to not air this. Yeah. No, sorry if that gets no, you guys in trouble. <laughs> no, absolutely. Fuck lessons. Just to make honestly, it really yeah. clear. <laughs> no, honestly, it's totally fine. There's been worse. Yeah, we really <laughs> have name dropped a fair bit. Nah, you guys have been very, very tame in that regard. I've had like oh, straight up like named call outs of people in my like, oh, oh yeah, no, bully. Beep. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. We're not out here trying to ruin lives. In saying just that, lessons, trying to just ruin, lessons, you know, lessons can get fucked. In saying that, we've had a few, maybe two, um, people approach us on our Instagram being like, can you work with us, like, quote unquote, brand ambassadors oh, yeah. for this brand. And this is like peak, we did a show called Fleshies, mm-hmm. which was like all about like different body shapes and what it was like living in these different bodies mm. and then I went onto their website and they only went up to like a size large love that and I was like what part of My our page is yeah. not gonna fit in your fucking <laughs> you clothes it's suited that's your it. brand well I feel like that's quite often the thing they're like oh my god they're all about like inclusivity and we want to look like that too but not actually do <laughs> you know yeah. I'm about to name drop hardcore lonely laundry oh <laughs> so I found out that this is a common thing but I first found out that brands do this through lonely which is that because I've got a friend who works in the fashion industry. Mm. Um, no, that's the worst. She does, but um, <laughs> we do. And but, we do, uh, but like, um, in a cool and way. she told me, yeah, <laughs> she told me that gla- that um, she has a friend who works in like the marketing department of mm-hmm. um, Lonely, Lonely, mm. and they custom make this is makes my blood boil. Oh they custom make bras in plus sizes, like bigger sizes than they actually offer. Just for the photo shoot. Oh my God. So that they can have a feed with like all of these amazing bodies, but not actually cater for them, which is apparently really, really common in clothing brands. Wow. Which is just like, are you fucking co- joking me? So you're telling me you even have the audacity to make the pattern, <laughs> but you like, what? Yeah. There's like, this is a different, slightly different thing, but have you ever gone into a shop and the mannequins' clothes are like, Probably an eight or something, but yeah. they're still too big for it. And so they have to like clip, clip it, it from yeah. the back. And you're like, this doesn't even, what? Like, yeah. I know. I'm supposed yeah. to look like that mannequin and your own clothes don't fit the mannequin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is this? What is this? Yeah. Also, side note, the guy who runs Lonely is like hugely <laughs> yeah. into QAnon. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. Knew? He's a major conspiracy. <laughs> who like... knew? So cut that shit out of your life. Yeah. Shout out David Farrier and yeah. yes. oh, there was Kilda. also there was a oh man there was a co-author to that um, to yes. that article yeah. I can't remember her name and I've got oh really bad yeah now. yeah yeah oh. no we can we can Google we're gonna it. find it out because credit where credit is thank yes, plain. please yeah thank that you. was truly like shocking to me and I was very glad because I was like I've been boycotting Lonely ever since they existed because they've never been able to wear their bras as a size 24 woman. Mm. And um, I was just really excited because now I can be like to all my skinny friends, 
you really can't buy from this guy. Yeah. Also, <laughs> pure non baby girl. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. And I feel like there were a lot of people who were like, I fucking told you so. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was gutted, but I'm yeah, now like, I'm so well, sorry. No, but, yeah. but also now I'm like, well, fuck, fuck them. Yeah. Um, so David Farrier and I think Zoe Walker Awa mm. yep. are the co authors. This mm. is saying this is who interviewed them, but I'm assuming they're the same yes. people who wrote it. Yeah. Truly, truly shocking, but also I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shame. But if anybody <laughs> if anybody out there in New Zealand wants to begin a lingerie brand yeah. which is beautiful, fits a range's range of bodies mm. and um isn't into conspiracy theories. Hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, they don't do I asked them. So Nisa is a very cool brand mm-hmm. that employ women who are refugees. They're based in Porniki mm. to hand make bras and undies, but they do only go up to a size I believe it's a sixteen in their bras and an eighteen in their underwear. And they don't have the infrastructure, quote unquote, to mm. expand their size range. Mm. But lingerie or just like underwear? It's kind of it's underwear. underwear. It's not okay. lingerie. Mm. But, but write to them and tell them it's important to you as a consumer and they might change their that. Name is Maybe they Nisa, did you say? Nisa, N-I-S-A. Shout out, Nisa. Shout out, Nisa. <laughs> Legit shout out. Um, mm. Also, if you're a fat girl and you want cute lingerie, Brianna's lingerie brand slaps. Savage times Fenty. Ah, yeah, they what? go up to nice. like a size 30 or something. Insane. Ooh. Which is really cool. Um, and it's expensive, but so is lonely. So yeah, <laughs> so was lonely. Let so me was, say, yeah. <laughs> lonely yeah, who? What? Yeah, lonely homes too. <laughs> yeah, never heard of her. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> don't know her. <laughs> yeah. Um, what were we talking about? How we you guys knew each other? We knew each other. Yeah. yeah. Queens okay. of going off track. Um, <laughs> we really, we really are. Truly, don't start a conversation and expect to end up anywhere in particular. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we met in besties. high school, yeah, became best friends. Skirt. Skirt. Oh, skirt. I thought you were being like, skirt, skirt. <laughs> skirt. I was like, yes. what I guess? <laughs> skirt in the bus? What would I you guess? What do you mean? What do you mean? We're like, wow, okay. Right, right, right. Rap game. Um, uh, oh, my God. And then, yeah, I guess that was it. We kind of, there was a very interesting um emotional time for both of us are you okay with me talking about this yeah we were both depressed yeah so we both had slightly very difficult times at high school um and from there I think that gave us the vulnerability to get really close to each other but also could have turned out very badly if we hadn't addressed how it could be quite a codependent relationship yeah, it was very codependent at a point mm. yeah mm. and I'm really so thankful that we did because I see other people in those kinds of relationships mm. now and I'm like that could have so easily been us mm. um if we hadn't had lots of support along yeah, the way we had a lot of support and I mean we really cared about each other and mm. wanted to make the friendship like it's the most important relationship in my life outside of my family 
For sure. Oh you know, like I it, straight it just up is. feel like crying when you Aww. said it. So cute. <laughs> so um, adorable. And lovely and beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, it's taught me a lot about how, you know, there's a lot of um, emphasis put on romantic relationships, mm. which are valid and important and give you lots of awesome things. But um, yeah, a close friendship is like pretty magical. Mm. And there are a lot of things that are different about it. Like, you're never going to break up. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like there's never that fear that you're, I mean, you know, friend, friendships end and people change and whatever, but like I'm never, I feel very secure in knowing that this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and it slaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And, but it has taken a lot of, and continues to take a lot of hard work to like mm, make it yeah. good. You mm. have to really invest in the thing. If you yeah. want it to be good. Yeah, like I feel lucky but by the same token quite proud that we have worked at it. Yeah. Because it could have, yeah, again, just as easily been like really toxic and ended or like still be toxic now or we could have fallen out. You know, like there's so many things that could have gone wrong but we I guess both just decided no, like this is someone I want in my life always. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't cope without <laughs> this mm. friendship mm. <laughs> truly yeah. <laughs> so back to the code of like no I mean like it's yeah. just really <laughs> is like you know it, it, it would be I yeah yeah so yeah. what what does what what would you say um working on the friendship looks like because you talk about you know <laughs> <laughs> that it takes work. And I, I agree, but I'm just curious what that sort of means for, for you. Yeah. Um, it means that we ha have learnt that we have to trust each other to be really honest with mm. each other and voice things that um, are challenging us as they come up, mm. <laughs> um, <But> <laughs> which is hard because you don't ever want to have a confrontation. But um, we <laughs> kind of have like, have like an annual – <laughs> it's not scheduled, <laughs> but it tends to be an annual yeah. breakdown. <laughs> wow. Which is just like this conversation where we, it's not the same things every time. It's mm. different every time as we change, as our situations change. Mm. And um, so those are always available. But also, yeah, I think that it's come from, like, I think that the work is continuing to force yourself to be vulnerable with somebody, basically. Yeah. And and putting your trust and faith in them <laughs> to mm. be like, I know that I can tell you this and you're not going to let me down. Or mm. I know that you're going to tell, I can tell you this and you will still love me. Will still love me. And mm. trusting that you have that like security. So for me, that's the work. I don't know what you. Yeah. And also like voicing and being honest about your fears, which I think. Oh, can yes. be quite an exercise for me at least of like self-examination because I'm not the kind of person who sits down and writes a journal entry about, you know, how I'm feeling that day. Like I kind of just live my life moment to moment, which has its pros, but also means that I don't often examine why I feel a certain way or um, why I might feel a bit off with Alice, which is definitely something I'm kind of working on is like being able to be like, oh, 
this is bothering me. How about I bring it up now mm. rather than wait for six months and then be like real grumpy with her. And she's like, what is going on? And I'm like, well, one time you like left your dishes in the sink after I asked you not to do that. And I just, <laughs> she's like, what? That was like so yeah. long ago. So they are more serious than that sometimes, but like, yeah. yeah. Just- well, also like sometimes you have to compromise. Like mm. sometimes what you want and what, the other person wants uh, don't it's not compatible so mm. you have to like be like okay well I love you and this sucks but I'm gonna do this thing and you're gonna do this thing so that we can both like have a good outcome mm. um but yeah I think like for me I have struggled a lot with feeling as though at any point like I need a lot of um verbal affirmation and oh, Katie girl, same. doesn't need that as much <laughs> she needs well, I don't really know what you need. <laughs> 12 Uh-oh. years later. <laughs> Let's have a talk about it right now. Quality time. and Well, she just needs different things, I think. She needs space. She needs boundaries respected. Um, she needs time for – you need to give her time to let the thing come up. I think I need yeah, push yeah, it patience. Out of her. Patience. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I need, yeah, verbal affirmation. And so, mm. like, that is a thing that we – like we those are not the same things they don't come naturally to either of us so we net we have to yeah Almost a little bit contradictory as well. Oh, a hundred percent. I used You're to like, be like, I "We're the same." That yeah. this is okay. And she's like, "I'll bring it up." Yeah, when I'm well and ready. And it'll be things like, uh, yeah, I will take a thing like, so her not telling me her plans is like a personal attack. And she's like, "I just didn't tell you. Can you just like chill the fuck out?" And I'm like, "You don't love me. You don't care about me. You don't even want me in your life." Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. So I used to think we were the same person, but we are so different. Mm. We are mm. so different. The only thing that's the same is like comedy. Uh, like it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting watching how we change also. And I think this happens in any relationship, like mm. not just best friends or whatever, but particularly with us because we also live together. Mm. Um, is like things <laughs> that we – like I thought I was so – disorganized and I was when I before I met Alice and then she kind of hit me up and was like yo you need to stop flaking on all of our plans and I was like yeah fair enough um and now I'm like often hyper organized and I feel like you've really like I've chilled, chilled out, out a lot, which <laughs> can be huge. kind of jarring because I'll be like oh hey remember we've got that podcast tomorrow and she's like oh yeah and I'm like wait what? what you didn't already <laughs> account for well, that like I, six weeks ago <laughs> I used to like I'm a very anxious person mm. and I've definitely <laughs> been seeing a therapist mm. and have like mellowed massively in mm. the sense that I've realized I have no control mm. over anything that I don't have control over mm. <laughs> turns yeah. out yeah. which um has meant that I'm just like yeah cool well we'll just do it when we do it and Katie's like are you fucking joking me like because I used to be like whip cracker yeah we're not supposed to say that no no I used to be like just cut that I used to be like (laughs) on your case and now I'm not and I'm like where was this attitude like seven years ago when I showed up 10 minutes late for a movie (laughs) I was like weeping (laughs) I don't think that actually happened but probably does something to that variation yeah Well, I feel like um, that kind of balance works really well then if you're working together creatively. You've got Mm. vulnerability. 
You've got like, um, I, I guess, like balancing and um, almost kind of like, I don't know, swapping personality types. Like you, you, should, you know what I mean? Like you, you pass things on to each other. Like yeah. that sounds extremely useful for a working relationship as well. Well, I think the biggest thing that's useful for me is the like ability to be really straight up with each other mm. because often in creative relationships you're like uh, 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 trying mm. to like figure out how to be honest and how to get the best outcome without whereas, hurting, anyone's, without hurting feelings. anyone's feelings or mm. damaging a, a, a relationship mm. whereas with Katie and I we can just be like oh, I'm pretty sure that's cooked mm. and I'll be like okay <laughs> you're probably right well I'm usually like, you're wrong. And then half an hour later, I'm like, yeah, you probably are right. (laughs) But also, you can also be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that because you're okay with being vulnerable around each other. Yeah, it is nice. It is. Yeah, it's a weird one. I was quite nervous, to be honest, going into it because I was like, where do you draw those professional boundaries? Mm. And I Mm -hmm. think... Let me say this right now. I still think it's a really good idea if you're going into business with someone that you have a relationship with, you should definitely sort yourself out legally, financially, in yeah. every way. Even if nothing ends up going wrong, it's just like a really good thing to do. Because you can't predict what will go wrong. Yeah. Mm. And it may have nothing to do with them, but you should still have yourself sorted. So yeah. I want to preface this by saying that, but it is nice being able to be like, so recently we've been in negotiations about something and I was like, oh, I feel really weird about this money situation. Mm. And that's not necessarily something I feel like I could say yeah. to very many people mm. and have a conversation where I was like actually honest about it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Normally I'd just kind of sit, grin and bear it and mm. just be like, oh, well, that's what it is. But with Alice, like I felt like I could actually talk about it. Yeah. And we've come to a really good resolution because of that. Mm. So basically we're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. But we, it's funny that you say like swapping traits and stuff because we recently, I guess, swapped roles. Yeah, we really did. a production that we're doing, which is Cake Baby, which was supposed to happen. Um, Second to the 6th of March last week. Mm, I.e. Yeah. the exact lockdown date. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kia ora, Sydney. So we obviously didn't do that. But in the lead up to that, Alice is performing in it and I am co-producing it with Nayon Lee, who is incredible. Hire her for all your film directing needs. Yes. Um, but, yeah, we swapped, basically. Yeah. And it's been a really good learning opportunity, I think. For both of us. <laughs> you swapped because usually... I'm a performer usually and Alice is a performer, producer. Yeah. Always, mm. always been that way. Mm. But this is a solo show with just me in it, so it's like, yeah. Definitely the performer. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, Katie, yeah, Katie's the co-producer, which is just crazy that you do that. It's very cool. How yeah. has that been? At, what Did that feel natural for this production to do it that way? Or has it been like sort of like, oh. Well, the show's about my personal relationship with Cake. fatness. Yeah, and cake. Yeah. Cake and fatness. Yeah. Food and being fat and navigating the whole landscape of just like eating. And so I kind of had to be the one t- to make the show because mm-hmm. like Katie is straight sized. <laughs> mm. And so, yeah, it's been. That was like the obvious way to go because it was your baby. Story. Lol. Um, <laughs> but 
in terms of producing, I suppose we just landed on that because our producer um, couldn't really commit to doing kind of full full-time work on it Mm. um, because she had other commitments, which is completely fair because of that whole profit share thing we talked about. But, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'll give it a go. It would be a good, like, experience to get some learning about kind of that side of things. And (laughs) I definitely have. (laughs) I think also, though, like, having Katie is, like, probably the person in my life who – definitely the person in my life who has the most intimate understanding of like my journey in a fat body. And Mm -hmm. so it's been really cool to have her. um, It's like a real safety net for me to know Mm. that someone really understands that experience. Mm. Um, And when she watched the run, we did a run of the show right before we went into lockdown. Mm. She raised a couple of points that nobody else had been able to raise. Mm. And I was like, I, it was really cool because I, I hadn't even thought about some mm. of the things, but because she's witnessed my experience so closely, mm. she was able to provide that insight, which is pretty cool. That is very so, cool. Yeah, that's pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have like an incredibly busy schedule coming up for the next four months, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, um, first so, up. First thing that is coming is in April. I don't know the dates. April. One moment, Caller. You go. You, you um, speak. I'll get the dates. Which is called the downs and ups of Peep and Squeak. I'm just going <laughs> to articulate that very well because so many people are like, hey, when's Pip and Squeak on? Um, so it's called the downs and ups of Peep and Squeak. And it is sort of a kid's show. It's a family-friendly show in the way that Pixar movies are family-friendly. Like yep. it's meant to appeal to everybody. Yep. Um, on different levels. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So – the research around the development <laughs> season was kind of about um, childhood loss and gra- um, grief and uh, trauma, I guess. It's kind of the, like a coming of age story, right? Yeah, but the yeah. actual sort of end product that it became was a very silly, fun, <laughs> cute, um, nonsense show <laughs> about two siblings who – their parents are killed by a mysterious monster and they go on a journey around the universe mm. um, trying and to find each other. everything's made out of balloons. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Eco balloons. Let the records well, show. <laughs> yeah. I'm holding back on the balloons at the moment because um, oh. we have an amazing set designer who yes. is kind of taking it in a different direction, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of still in the works, but that's in April. And then And then May. after that... Oh, yeah, so in May. So we run these workshops called the Affair Workshops, Mm -hmm. which we've done in a whole different kind of series of ways, but we're doing this weekend in collaboration with the Ellen Melville Centre, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And so they're providing us with space and some cash, so shout out to them, to pay a couple of different tutors to come in and run some free workshops, basically. Wow. So we really think that open access to, like – giving all of these things a go is really important. Mm. And also, especially for my role as a producer, there aren't very many upskilling opportunities in Auckland, in New Zealand. So um, the workshops are kind of an opportunity for us to do that. So, yeah, it's it's completely free. eh? Mm. Not even koha. Um, Well, we're going to give them the option to possibly donate to a booster campaign, but it's not like – they're allowed to come without doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah, anybody, anybody, everybody. And so I think we've got – we're going to have like a script writing workshop, a producing workshop, 
money and creativity workshop. Yeah, so like how to get pay taxes, and how stuff. to pay taxes. I think we're running a C, a creative New Zealand workshop. So how to write a funny application <laughs> and how to deal with div- uh, improvising. Oh, uh, comedy, comedy, improv- comedy improvising improv. workshop. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. And you can come to all of them if you want yeah. because oh. they're not all at the same time. <laughs> oh, my God, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So that's May. June is when Cake Baby is actually happening. Yeah, June yeah. is Cake so Baby. please come. Mm. I'm so desperate for people to come see the show because <laughs> I sold all these tickets and now we need people to actually come. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the dates for that are the – don't know to the don't know <laughs> of June. <laughs> now they're in the last week of June, I'm pretty sure. Um, it is. The Downs and Ups of Peep and Squeak is the 20th to the 24th of April. Okay. Yeah. At Basement Theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, Cake Baby is sometime in June. My email chains are like long and numerous. Arduous. Is it going to line up with Matariki? It is just before Matariki. Okay. Yeah. 22nd to the 26th of June tentatively. That looks like that's when we're doing it. Yeah. So cool. that's the week before the Matariki Festival at Basement. Mm, great. And then in July, we are doing a three-night return season of our show Fleshies that nice. we made in 2019. Um, and we're doing that in collaboration with Auckland Theatre Company's Here and Now Festival, okay. which is a youth festival essentially. So okay. it's like a anyone can do it. Emerging artists. Emerging artists, yeah. yeah. And so that's a cast of probably 15. Pushing for 15. <laughs> Pretty chaos, yeah. chaotic. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, a show about bodies and, um, yeah, it's going to be really cool. We're really excited. I think that the if you're listening and you want to audition, the auditions are happening on the 10th of April mm-hmm. and you can just go to Auckland Theatre Company's website. And all the details. Anyone from high school age to 25, I yeah, think? Yeah, 15 to 25. That's right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. many opportunities <laughs> for you guys. Yeah, I know. It's so many crazy. opportunities for other people to get involved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. It's a very exciting time. Yeah, it is. It's very cool. Do you feel stressed about it at all? Um, that is just like a very small sliver of my body of work that I'm doing this year. So mm. I feel stressed about all of the things I'm doing, mm. but not like kind of loving the chaos. How, how are you finding it? I, I feel stressed about COVID. I think I feel yeah. like with every event, there's a sense of impending doom the closer you get to it, <laughs> that it's like, oh, it would really suck now if this was cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it would really suck now if this was cancelled. Yeah. And then with Cake Baby, it was like, sure enough, it was. So it was almost like a fulfilment of a kind of doomsday prophecy that I had. So mm. yeah, not co- great. COVID's not awesome, but... Um, but in terms of the work we're making, I'm pumped. vaccines down us. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah. COVID really... I don't know, we sort of started talking about this downstairs, but, like, um, it kind of really messed up your plans last year, huh? <laughs> yeah. We were due to move to the UK oh. um, for a couple of years. And then we – so we were due to go in May. Lockdown happened in March. Mm. So we had our visas, have our visas, mm. and we had our flights booked, and we I had a job lined up. And we were, yeah, we were ready to go. Mm. And then, yeah, it didn't happen. So last year was pretty rough, I think, especially mm. that those first six months. Mm. Um, mm. 
they were rough for everybody. Oh my god. When I say it, I always have to be like, yes, but like yeah. context, context. Yeah, of course, <laughs> but also perspective, like you perspective. Can, <laughs> but at the same time, you can only really talk about your own experience. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And I know like it was kind of for me because obviously we didn't know all this stuff was going to happen with the oddballs. So for me, mm. it was like the only sure thing in my life. Mm. It was like, okay, well – I can handle working for three months as a dental assistant because mm. I'm saving money to move to London. Mm. Yeah. And now here I am a year later still mm. working as a dental assistant. Mm. Like, yeah. This is slightly less bearable, but mm. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. But we're still hoping to go um, at some point soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's really cool to have heaps of creative projects to kind of throw ourselves at mm. while we wait. Yeah. 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 And I started doing comedy, which is a plus. Yes. Because I wouldn't have probably, I might have tried it in the UK, but I wouldn't have had the same connections that I do over yeah. here from theatre through to comedy. When's your next gig? Oh, next Wednesday. I'm Was doing stand up? Yeah. I'm doing Big Wednesday at the Classic. Come Wednesday along. the 18th, 17th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this podcast won't be out by then. No, um, we are behind, so we'll probably launch – we'll probably drop this one on Friday, like this Friday. So, oh, yeah, if cool. that's okay with you guys. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, great. Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, yes, yeah, so Wednesday the 17th of March and then also Friday and Saturday the 26th and 27th of March I'm doing the late show. Cool. At the classic. At the classic as well. She is very, very funny. <laughs> yeah. Finalist in the raw. Oh my what God. is it called? Raw. Raw comedy quiz. Oh, I can never say it. I'm always like, finalist in in raw. In the <laughs> smoke free rock quiz. <laughs> yeah. Shout out smoke very, free. Very, very proud. I'm very, very proud of you. That's I feel like a mum who has no idea what you're actually doing, but I'm just mom, excited you're doing it. Mum asked me when I was doing comedy at Comedy Central the other day. <laughs> <and I'm> like, <laughs> God oh, bless. Maybe 10 years. Wednesday SNL yeah. special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love that. Comedy Central. I love it. So good. When are you doing your stadium tour of your one woman show? <laughs> hey, it'll happen. When are we taking um, Cake Baby to Victor? <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I'd but, need a lot so of cakes. I'd need like a hundred cakes. Thousands of cakes. Yeah. If we're doing it at Victor. Thousands. Spark, every, have thousands. Everybody Spark, needs a cake. Right? I don't know. Spark, oh, yeah. Victor? I don't know. I don't go to arenas. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Fuck arenas. I do, I do theatre. I don't go to arenas. Oh my god. True. <laughs> <laughs> Ever heard of a little place called the Basement Theatre? <laughs> It's like the only place I go ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amazing. Um, should we do haiku? Yes. Yes. Right. Katie, I feel like you should go first because yours is inevitably going to be better than mine. Do we have to explain it or do we just say You can it? explain it if you want, but you could just read it Maybe if you, you want. Maybe you should read it. You do you, but okay. this okay. is your segment. Here it goes. Is it, is it going to make me feel emotional? In <laughs> tears, tears, tears. 17 <laughs> syllables? Probably not. Um, All right. She knows her haikus. Cloud of something new. Smoke, vapor, spirit, vision. Puffed or exploded. 
Okay. <laughs> that is... <laughs> Oh my god! Whoa. I know I've given the wrong reaction by <laughs> your response to my reaction. <laughs> I mean, I Wait, don't can know. I read it? I have. N- is this about yeah. me? Yes. Hi, it is about, about you. Cloud or something? You puffed or exploded? What? Okay, you're gonna need to explain it because yeah. I. This is no, not I what mean, I would have I, expected. I definitely have my own interpretations of what that could mean. Oh, can like you do it? Whoa. Mine is so fucking weak compared oh. to yours. <laughs> well, yeah. okay. So it's very vague. Yeah. Because the things I associate with you are very mini. Vague? Mini. <laughs> vague? <laughs> nebulous, um, I believe. Oh, nebulous. Oh, yeah. that's a good. Mm. Sorry. I got a fright by it. Honking, um, by, uh, by a honking. <laughs> um, so I don't know, man. Just <laughs> no, that's not good enough. You well, said you worked really hard on this. Yeah, because you're like a cloud, but then you also vapes. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, mine is a really good haiku, actually. But also, like the cloud is in a spirit. Because you've got a lot of spirit Killed and it. vision, and mm. puffed is like you when you're like pensive or melancholic, and exploded is when you're like emotional and vibrant. And oh, okay, <sighs> that is quite beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it would be like she is cool. I love her, but. Well, I did think about the first one. I'd be like, Alice May Kirka. I would have killed you. I would have absolutely <laughs> killed you. Katie, being vulnerable is about my how she feels about me. friend ever <laughs> in the world. Yeah, I don't even know if I've got oh, – mine's so shit. I can't look Please. at you while you do this, girl. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so shit. Okay, Please, are you ready? Great. Mm. Best – how many syllables? doesn't matter. doesn't Fine. matter. Just go. Best friend since 14. Love of my life <laughs> gets me well. <laughs> Funny, clever, brave. Oh, <laughs> these are such polar opposite haikus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one is nebulous clouds and one is keywords. Bullet <laughs> point list of, of features. <laughs> Nose, mouth, eyes. <laughs> Tall woman. <laughs> this reminds me of that bit in um, Nordic ancestry. Oh. oh, I didn't know that. I, I just heard Nordic, and I was like, <laughs> like where, where are we going? Nordic ancestry. Mm. <laughs> I wish yeah. I'd done that. Said I was sincere. <laughs> Beautiful. Gets me well. I don't even know if that makes sense, but could I mean two it things. Could mean she gets you well, but also maybe she like helps heal you. Yeah, gets I me get well. You well. Oh, neither of those are the meanings I was going for. What, what did you mean? Gets me, like understands me. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the, the first, first one. Oh, okay, so what sorry. Do you think the first one. I meant? think I just blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, beautiful haiku. I wish I had a haiku for you, but it would be yeah. weird if we pre written you one. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Sarah emailed us. <laughs> Podcast on Tuesday with her. This is just fact. Can you reply now? <laughs> 
No, that can't be the last line. She is cool and nice. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sarah's crying for the listeners. Yeah. Um, Weeping. <laughs> Absolute tears. Um, but yeah, that's that kind of brings that's us to thing. a close. It does. And now some ASMR for the listeners. Um. <laughs> Katie. No, 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 no. That's not how do you, you do have, it. Do you have like bloopers? <laughs> Are there bloopers in these things? Yeah. This whole thing's a blooper, mate. Oh, okay. Wow. 